Sports Nation, why one week in December has become more important than any other for BYU athletics. Assistant coach Mark Pope tells us why he believes it will be a December to remember for BYU hoops. Plus, Cougar Camp All Access goes two-on-one with senior linebacker Michael Elisa. Why he no longer fears Bronco Mendenhall. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B... Your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Electrified by the sound. BYU Sports Nation live on your radio, TV, and other media machines presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. It is Tuesday, August 19th. My name is Spencer Linton. I am teamed up with our resident online survey superstar, Jerem Jordan. That was my first job post-LDS mission trip in Provo. That, Surveys that's over a the true phone. story? Yeah. And then I delivered rugs around campus and then uh, worked for a satellite company answering the phone, customer service. And then I found this glorious place. It took a while. Cue the Drake song. Started from the bottom, now oh, we're here. Oh, no. I, well, my mom, like, my mom was awesome. She like handed me 100 bucks. two weeks off my mission, was like, all right, have fun in Provo. I had a bike and no cell phone. <laughs> That's awesome. It's very different that now. That actually is very it's awesome. It's very different now. Yeah. Now I have a bike and a cell phone. And a car. And a house. Oh, yeah, and a car. Yeah. Hey, no kidding. I was looking at the 10-day forecast for (laughs) East Hartford, Connecticut (laughs) last night. Because we're 10 days away. Here we go. Countdown to Connecticut. 10 days away. Yeah, I kind of jumped that because I'm too excited. That's okay. I can't wait. Countdown to kickoff. We're getting ready. The crew, we got a a new set in the works we're excited about. Um, Getting the gang ready. Storylines. Graphics, video, we're pumping that out. 6 Eastern time, Friday, August 29th. Can't wait. UConn has a quarterback debate, oh, by the way. They named a starter, but they're kind of unsure about it. This is, is all this is good news for news. BYU. Riley yes. Nelson and Jay Keeps think that's going to work out great. <laughs> Wherever and however you're dialing, great to have you with us. We invite you to join our conversation 24-7. As always, use the hashtag BYUSN and have a say in today's Twitter question. Listen, people, the basketball schedule's out. I don't know if you heard that. Uh, so what's the biggest game for BYU Sports this December? Uh, got some notable basketball games. Uh, home games, in fact. Stanford, UMass, Gonzaga, now we know in the mix. Not to mention a bowl game. So what's the biggest game for BYU Sports this December? Somewhere somebody's saying, well, the bowl game isn't a guarantee, Jerem. They may play in the New Year's <laughs> Eve. Uh, yeah, maybe, sure. If that happens, I'll be the most excited person. First tweet today from at FutureCougar32. Nice, nice, with the Jimmer32. The Zags coming to Provo for the conference opener is the biggest in December. That hits on December 27th. Big game. BYU An enormous st- game. Bookends the WCC um, schedule with Gonzaga. I'll tell you my opinion of, of uh, that in a moment. BYU Sports Nation simulcast in beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Rise and shout. It's again time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Merry Christmas, BYU Sports Nation. The week of December 20th to the 27th, 2014, quite literally, can make or break the national relevance that BYU athletics both want and need. Let's map out the week chronologically. It begins on December 20th. 
basketball against Stanford, a Pac-12 opponent. Went to the Elite Eight last year. Yeah, That game at home. That win at Stanford last year. Maybe, maybe the reason that BYU got into the NCAA tournament oh, so comfortably. Well, one one of them. Uh, Jamal, that in Texas. Jamal Eights will be eligible for that game. For the, that's the first game he's eligible. On December 22nd, as it's drawn up now, football, the Miami Beach Bowl, not a confirmed date yet, but the bowl game's executive director, Carlos Padilla, did tell BYU Sports Nation it's most likely Monday, December 22nd. Okay, there's a good chance BYU football, football needs to win that game to be ranked at the end of the season. Oh, you always want to win the bowl game. It just feels very different. BYU's been pretty good, actually, in bowl games under Bronco Mendenhall. To me, that's the biggest game. It's the bowl game. All of them are big. Don't get me wrong. Uh, of course, December 23rd, Joseph Smith's birthday against UMass. And then December 27th, BYU opens WCC play against Gonzaga. Four really big games in a matter of, what, eight days? 20 yeah. to the 27th. West Coast Conference opener against Gonzaga on the 27th. That's a really fun game. Horrible timing. Okay, I, I'll be honest. I do not like this at all. It's the, BYU is the biggest school by population in the WCC. That game will draw a big crowd regardless, I know. But if you had it when the students were here, it would be even bigger. But maybe there's something with TV partners they worked out or something. I don't know the, the reasoning that went into that. But I do not like that at all um, being December 27th. There's just the 33,000 BYU students, a lot of them are not around for that. At why, least Jamal Eights, as you mentioned, is eligible to play during that week. So that, that, that will help. Hopefully, one Corbin Kafusi makes up for the difference that Jamal Eights would have, uh, the huge impact that he would have had. You remember when we were concerned about the lack of a low post score? Maybe Corbin Kafusi helps in that equation. We'll ask Mark Pope coming up. Here's why this week hits our radar extra hard. Do you remember Christmas break last year for BYU sports? The worst, man. It ruined the holidays. It was bad. (laughs) Should we review it? Basketball, overtime, heartbreaking loss at Oregon. Game you were at. Yeah. You felt like that was the low point for BYU basketball. You saw their faces. Yeah. Outside the locker room. Then on December 27th, the football Cougars lose the fight Hunger Bowl to Washington with a lackluster 31 16 performance. Okay, let's keep it rolling. They follow that up by opening West Coast Conference play at LMU and at Pepperdine. With back-to-back losses. Yeah. Merry Christmas. It just about did BYU in. I mean, there's a reason that we started counting down to Connecticut, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Seasonal depression. <laughs> Normally happens uh, post-spring football, right? For the summer, it's like, oh, no football. Yeah, it's set in there for a little while with BYU sports. That was, that was a bummer. Uh, so BYU has an opportunity to change that this year. One, uh, you know, a, a new bowl game. But guess what? The, the games that BYU had were mostly on the road, and BYU struggled, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Sports. Two and six. Last December, BYU at two and six in basketball and football. Both of those wins were home basketball games against teams named North Texas and Prairie View a Again, BYU owns the state of Texas. This December, BYU plays nine games, five at home. I think BYU does much better this December. Now, you have other good games this season for BYU basketball in December. We're not just talking about necessarily those three that we mentioned, uh, the Stanford UMass Gonzaga earlier in the month, Utah State, Hawaii, uh, 
at Energy Solutions Arena. Utah in Provo at Weber State. Then you play Stanford, UMass, Gonzaga, Portland. Four games in like a nine or ten day span. It gets busy quick. But that big is an December, incredible run. Yeah. yeah. B, I, I mean, BYU is going make to its, make its NCAA tournament resume case by New Year's Day. This is why eight days, close enough to a one-week span, can make or break BYU. Like this, this is where you get noticed by all of the national pundits. And by then, BYU would have played Thanksgiving in the Maui Invitational, where hopefully they'll have a couple good wins. Hopefully two or three. BYU needed the Gonzaga game at home late last year yes. to help push them above the cut line for the NCAA tournament. It now hits on December 27th. At home. I'm glad you That's brought up... That's not the end-all thing, but, you, I mean, once you, you play Gonzaga one. at home, after that you have Gonzaga and two against St. Mary's, and that's it in terms of boostability on your resume. Nice. BYU only lost one home game last year to Iowa State by two points. They didn't really play the toughest home schedule. This year, you've got UMass and Stanford. You're supposed to win at home, and they usually do. So I'm encouraged by the fact that these four enormous basketball games uh, in December are all at home. That's great. Not to mention uh, some others that I want to throw in there. Arkansas, Little Rock, Southern (laughs) Virginia, and Eastern Kentucky coming to Provo. It's going to be awesome. What a schedule. I mean, back-to-back nights, you play Arkansas, Little Rock, and Southern Virginia. Those are big games. (laughs) No, they're not. You're right. <laughs> this is such a SVU, crucial period BYU for East. BYU because imagine what what happens if they go undefeated that week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, throw them on, baby. Woo! Throw them yeah. on. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I like the challenging schedule. I think it's very similar to last year in terms of challenging BYU. Remember that was the talk was, ooh, BYU played a tough enough non-conference schedule to merit at-large possibility. Because if you play more of those games, you have an opportunity to win more of those games. BYU uh, fared, they were okay, right? Yes. Beat Texas, beat Stanford. That, that was enough, right? And won at St. Mary's. St. Well, Mary's it, struggled, it wasn't the enough NIT. until they beat St. Mary's twice. Right. They had to win at St. Mary's. They were St. Forced, Mary's ends up being an NIT BYU team. was forced to be awesome the latter part of the season. Like right. They had no choice but to win a bunch of games and in West Coast Conference play against all those teams. It helped that St. Mary's revealed itself to be an NIT squad. Yes. Where Brad Waldo can't even dunk in the NIT game. He just sits the rim. Remember that? <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Your mouthpiece still stinks. Uh, but the point being, BYU, because of this, because of this week, okay, they can't afford to have a bad week because these games are at home. So while it's like, yeah, they're home, and, and everyone, we got this. Everyone's sitting at home, if they're not at the games, watching these games. These are big, these are big games. Like, a lot more TV ratings go up during the holidays. People are at home watching TV. Our Twitter question today, what is the biggest game for BYU sports this December? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At I underscore Pit of the Fool. Has to be the bowl game to make us 13-0. and 0. <laughs> Wow. I just laughed. You should put the blue goggles on. Blue goggle alert. Yeah. Blue goggle alert. alert. Setting up for playoff run in 2015. Yes, I'm wearing the blue goggles. I think BYU has a better shot at a playoff run this year than next year. (laughs) It's just too tough next year. It's really hard. 
It's at, really hard. At Jman four twenty six, I would say a win at the Spectrum, my man, against Utah State. That is always a noteworthy accomplishment. Yes, I, I don't and, care and, that and Utah yeah. State is going to have a down year. They're in shambles, man. Everyone left. Winning there is big. Blue, the mascot tough. transferred too. <laughs> at Coach Neely, BYU's biggest game in December will be BYU women's volleyball playing in the national championship match. That hashtag not joking. Okay, that could happen. BYU's got. Uh, I think an elite eight squad. That brings up, that brings up a debate. If they get to the national championship, is that then the biggest game in December? No disrespect to women's volleyball, but I'll speak for the general BYU fan, not necessarily myself. No way. It's a national championship. It's though. football. It's men's basketball, and it's everything else. But guess what? Guess what? Let us just enjoy everything. Like if women's volleyball wins a national championship, that is fantastic. That is awesome. We'll celebrate that. Are we thinking too myopically to say that one week could make or break the major sports at BYU? I don't think so. Because it, of who you play. I don't, know, I don't know that it breaks the football season. It doesn't You want to finish ranked, though, right? And winning a bowl game is one of the core goals for BYU football every year. Being ranked. You could finish ranked and lose the bowl game. That possibility exists. But that's not, it's not likely. It's not likely. you got to leave the voters with a good taste in their mouth. I don't know what I would rather have, win the bowl game or win like two of the three basketball games. I don't know. I want I want it all. How about win all of them? Yeah. And the national championship. Absolutely. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Cougar Camp Ball Access with Michael Elisa, senior linebacker. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live During Education Week from Studio B at BYU Broadcasting, follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Friday, September 5th, we'll be live from the BYU Store, a two-hour edition of BYU Sports Nation. Come hang out if you're local. It's 10 to 12 Mountain Time, the regular time, 12 to 2 Eastern, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We're pumped about them. What is the biggest game for BYU Sports this December? We just got the best tweet I've seen so far. Yes. At Cougar Fan. (laughs) <laughs> Anyone who doesn't say BYU football's bowl game should be punched right in the face. <laughs> okay. Oh. Bam. No, no, it's probably the bowl game. Let's follow that up with that Ryan Lewis Cooper. The Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Nice. December 31st, nice. 2014. That's the third time Jeremy has worn the blue goggles blue today. Goggles! <laughs> it's a blue no, goggle that'd, Tuesday. That'd be awesome. I just want to beat Connecticut and go from there. Win game number one. Yeah. So I said I was looking at the forecast, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you're in case you're wondering what the forecast was. Yeah, what is the forecast? Low 80s for a high and low 60s for the low with a 20% chance of precipitation. Whew, 20%. In East Hartford, Connecticut. Like every BYU fan's like, oh my gosh. 20% is, is to too r- high. Is it going to rain? <laughs> uh, I want it to be a 0% chance of rain. I think everyone is scarred from that Virginia experience. That like, was awful. So scarred. <laughs> How'd we lose to Virginia? That was so awful. Yeah, I said we. Okay, another random note that I figured out yesterday. One of our kickers, Moose Bingham, right? Yeah. Okay. He, he's, this surprised me. He's vying for the starting spot yeah. along with Trevor Sampson uh, for the starting kicker spot on BYU's football team. Moose Bingham is brothers-in-law with Brian Keel. Yeah, Jess- Jessica Bingham yes. uh, is his sister who married Brian married Keel. Brian Keel. Who also dated Jonathan Tavernari. Jerem Jordan knows everything about BYU sports and all ties. That is one well, thing you did not know. Well, I went on a date with Jessica once. <laughs> That's how I know that. 
One 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 date. Let's stay out of the dating game. We, we went to a Festival of Color at the Harry Christian Temple. It was awesome. You should talk then to Moose about that experience. I then got pneumonia the next week from dust in my lungs, by the way. How enough, we, enough about me. How come we didn't talk to Brian Kill about that experience, Jerem? I don't think Brian knows that or cares. <laughs> Listen, we found this out, too, on Friday. Trevor Bateman is transferring from BYU, if yes. he hasn't already, a quarterback. Yes. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he was a guy that David Nixon said had a chance to start at defensive back for BYU this fall. Not anymore. But now uh, we have learned that he has transferred. No word on where he is going yet. We will uh, do our best to find out the details there. A perfect segue into Cougar Camp All Access with 20th year senior (laughs) Michael Elisa, who is apparently following in Mike Haig's footsteps. We say that kidding, but Michael Elisa has been around for a long time. And thus, he understands the program and has... Developed quite a relationship with Bronco Mendenhall. That's one of the many things he talks to us about in this two-on-one interview. We are getting you ready for the BYU football season with insider access to fall camp. This is Cougar Camp All Access on BYU Sports Nation. Camp All Access uh, with outside linebacker Michael Elisa here on BYU Sports Nation. Michael, you've you've done this a few times. You're the veteran in the locker room in terms of like dressing and swag and now being on camera do you feel like you're you have the leadership role in, in the media role there no no not at all i'm i'm still learning the ropes i'm the underling here on this team <laughs> and uh just happy to be here really you know if they had me out serving water bottles i'd be pumped about it <laughs> how'd you get a ninth year at byu <laughs> well with the gray shirt red shirt yellow shirt and then a blue shirt just you know i don't even know how it works and then with missions military service i don't all minor league baseball. Minor league, yeah. Yeah, all that. You and Mike Hague have figured something out, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm on the Mike Hague plan. So <laughs> so I'll be around here a few more years, hopefully. And uh, no, definitely last year. This is it. Do you have a greater sense of urgency given it's like, okay, this is actually it for me? Uh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I, I think this has been my best fall camp for, for sure. Um, Finding through some injuries and just like laying all on the line. And uh, leaving on the field, I, I don't want to have any regrets looking back on this year. What about this has made this your best fall camp? Um, gosh, it, I, I think my heart. I think it's just in a different place than it's ever been. And um, I, I just have a greater love for Coach Mendenhall. Um, I've gotten to know him on a much more personal basis. Coming back for this fifth year, we, we've spoken a few times, and uh, they've been some really special experiences. So... The way I look at him now is, is more as like, you know, just that loving father. Um, I used to fear him. I still kind of fear him, but, but I definitely love him. And uh, I love this program. I love my teammates. And I think that that's driven me to, to new heights. You're playing at the wheel, right? Uh, yes, sir. And, and trying to learn the sand position as well. Okay. I think K-pop's um, ideal defense is to have linebackers that just play sides and not one Sam, one wheel, just... You play left, you play right, and just stay on that side. Bronson Kafusi, uh, with the hamstring, is yet to kind of run with the ones and run fully. Have you encouraged him to just take his time because you got it? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I mean, we, we've both been kind of battling, and, and we're both you know encouraging each other. We've both been uh, um, just trying to stay positive. And uh, I went and met with Craig Manning, our you know psychologist, our sports psychologist, 
And one thing he said was just repeat day after day, I'm healthy and I'm strong. So he told me that up in his office. I came back and told Bronson that. I was like, hey, man, just tell yourself I'm healthy and strong. You can come back faster. But not too quick. <laughs> well, let me get in some good plays. But then you can come back. No, but yeah, yeah we, we need Bronson. We need a big body like that. That guy is just a specimen. So we have him on the field. It'll definitely do BYU some good. Any concern that he's not fully back yet, or is it going to be okay? Is that okay? I I, so I was talking to him. I feel like it's more of a precaution. Um, I, I feel like he's he's good to go. I think he's just playing it safe, which I think is smart. You know, we don't want him to get hurt um, doing a team segment out here. But just make sure he's 100 percent, and then come back and just dominate for us. How many linebackers are going to see the field this year? Do you think? Uh, I, I don't know. And, I, and the way K-pop talks, I think he hopes as many as possible, so that everyone can be fresh. Everybody can be, you know. Um, full of fresh air and, and ready to roll. Um, last year they struggled because they had KVN and, and Alani Fua, and that was it. So these guys, for, uh, the game that comes to my mind is the Houston game, and they were just winded because I think they ran like 126 plays that game overall. So those guys were just dying on the field. And uh, with more linebackers, we can avoid that. We're getting tired legs and, and uh, guys that are winded. How do you mesh with the inside linebackers uh, as a group since – I think people think generally, oh, it's just linebackers, but there's kind of two groups there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're two separate rooms, and um, we actually don't mingle a whole lot, but but it's more as a, of a defense. It's not like the linebacking core. It's not, there's the outsiders, the insiders, the corners, and the DBs. So everyone has their own little separate entity, but as a whole, we, we definitely work together a lot on our plays and on meshing together with twists and with wraps and with blitzes and coverages. What ultimately went into the decision for you to for sure not play running back and finish out your final year as a linebacker? Oh, man, so many things. Uh, my, my brothers have always talked to me. and Well, okay, not my brothers, like my family brothers and also just brothers on the team. Everyone's always talked to me about going back to linebacker, telling me, like, what are you thinking? This is where you belong. Um, coaches. And uh, I think the ultimate thing was, was uh, Mendenhall. When we talked about coming back for a fifth year, he said, well, if you come back, I think you should go to defense, whether that's safety or linebacker. I don't know, but just go to defense. And I was like, all right, you know, question answered, problem solved. I'll go to defense. Walk us through the communication uh, with who's, who's saying what among the linebackers, who's making calls, and what kind of adjustments you're actually making on the field. Uh, the mic backers are, are the ones who are supposed to be the more verbal guys. Everybody's supposed to be talking. But the mics are the ones that are counted on to, to call the field side, the strong side, call you know where the tight end is and, and how many backs there are in the backfield. Um, uh, right now, Austin Heater, we call him Zone Leader Heater. <laughs> I don't know how I got the name, but uh, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> yes. And then uh, Adam Pulsifer, even though he's injured right now, AP, he's the assistant. Yeah, okay. yeah he's both, a district leader. They're both just like the you know. Good, no one's been named district leader okay. yet. But it's probably Maybe gonna, we should dub you the district probably, leader. I don't know. It might, I think it has to be a middle backer. We'll see. Okay. Who's the junior companion? <laughs> That's probably me. Yeah, I'm the greenie for sure. Yeah, yeah. There we go. I'm the greenie. Bronson is too. He's just six foot eight. Bronson might be like the president. I don't know. Okay. Okay. How do you avoid camp burnout? We're about halfway point mentally, physically. How do you, how do you stay invested, like ready to go each day and, and keep things motivated? Yeah. So so Craig Manny's been working with us as a team with that, and he. I know it's so cliche, the day-by-day thing, but you know we meet every day uh, as a team, and we take five minutes in team meeting to write in our little player journals. You write your objective for the day, and three things you're going to work on that day. And the three things just have, like, two keywords. So it will be, like, stay low, 
you know, fire off the ball. You know, like just little things like that, 100% each play. And uh, I think that's broken it down. So it's not like you're looking, okay, we've got two more weeks until game time. It's, okay, today, here are the three things I'm going to work on for practice today, and I'm just going to get past it, you know. Michael Alisa, media veteran, junior companion, and most importantly, an outside <laughs> linebacker. Great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, I learned a lot of things in the interview. but Zone leader heater. Yeah. I love it. That's number one. <laughs> number two is the depth at outside linebacker. He yeah. brought up the fact that, look, we had we had Alani and we had Kyle Van Noy. And he's like, I'm thinking about the Houston game. They ran 126 That's plays. That's stupid. That many plays is unbelievable. Okay, so why, yeah. Why did BYU give up a ton of points against an offense, an explosive offense like Houston? If, if you're winded, what are you going to do? They must have run uh, on special teams, too. Yeah, part of they, that did. Yeah. they did. They yeah. did. That's so many plays. And so to keep linebackers fresh, like if they can play 60 or 70 plays a game compared to 126, it's going to make worlds of difference. Well, this is part of BYU's program now is, okay, we're going to run a ton of plays. So I think that they knew that it would affect the defense. But I think that it was kind of a slap in the face at some point in the season where it's like, wow, we're facing a lot of plays. We were told, by the way, as well from Paul Tidwell, that he wanted to pull Wani Unga out of games and rest him at certain points within games, and that Wani would not. He wanted to stay on the field. I loved that. That was awesome. So inside linebacker, we have all these questions, right? Outside linebacker, no questions. You know what Alani Fua brings. Leadership, senior, playmaker. Can, he's a, basically a safety. And then you have Bronson Kafusi, a freak of nature. And then you have guys that are talented behind him. Michael Lisa, Troy Hines, Fred Warner, Tyler Cook. I mean, I like that group a lot. Yeah. Inside linebacker, I think you've got some talent, but they have yet to practice fully together. Our Twitter question today is, what is the biggest game for BYU sports this December? Is it football? Is it the bowl game that has been unofficially scheduled for December 22nd, according to Miami Beach Bowl Executive Director Carlos Padilla? Or is it one of the basketball games? Let's go to the Twitter machine very quickly. Tweet, tweet. Okay, at Tyler Holden. Biggest game will be the return of a Kafusi versus Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Yeah. Yes. At, yeah. at IMTJH is actually his handle. Yep. And he's wearing number 44. Yes, he is. <laughs> Kelly Olenek with the Celtics is shaking in his shoes. We're going to ask Mark Pope about that next. Was that a calculated move to have Corbin wear number 44? Of course. For Gonzaga? Yes. That, the roster, all sorts of goodies coming up next with the assistant coach. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Welcome back to Studio B. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan, as always, broadcasting in crystal clear radio vision how it works we're on byu radio simulcast daily on byu tv 10 days from now spencer countdown to kickoff 10 Live days from away east hartford and provo six eastern time august 29th don't miss it on byu television weather forecast calling for low 80s calling for lots of touchdowns 20 percent of precipitation and a boatload of points <laughs> thank you the bomb squad's gonna make it rain you're no, welcome no Coach boats because that means rain <laughs> please no not again uh, resetting today's trending topics, how about BYU hoops, their schedule and roster, notably December. And what better way to bring in Mark Pope, assistant basketball coach at BYU, than to discuss what we hope is a December to remember. Coach, our Twitter question today is, what is the biggest game for BYU sports in December? What do you think? Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I hope, it, I hope there's a big-time bowl game going on. 
Yes. And and we're gonna have we're gonna have some you know we're gonna have some great games ourselves. Uh, that that stretch in December, um, especially the stretch at home. I, we have some really tough road games. We're at Utah State, at Weber State, both really good teams. But but our our home stretch is, is terrific. We've got uh, UMass and Stanford and Utah and uh, just a, a, a terrific slate of games. And then in the end of December, we get to start conference very first game of the conference season against the Zags. And then follow that with a Portland team that has everybody returning from a squad that should have finished in the top four in the league last year except for injuries. So it's going to be a fun month. Would you have rather played Gonzaga when the students were back? Well, listen, I hope I hope some students will come back. And I have no doubt that the Marriott Center will be packed and, and uh, we'll, have, we'll have great fans and great support there. Uh, you know, maybe we'll have to maybe we'll have to work that out so we can start school a couple days earlier. I don't know if people <laughs> would be happy about that. You also finalized the roster yesterday. At least it was it was released officially, and uh, we can't help but notice. But Corbin Kafusi is now a member of the BYU basketball team. He's six ten and apparently dunking on everybody, and he's wearing number forty four. Coach was 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 Corbin wearing number forty four? A, I guess, a pinpointed move so that Gonzaga would worry about and have nightmares about the forty-four and the Kafusi name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, that was that was, that was, a, that was a couple of years ago, but <laughs> but I, I'll tell you what. This this young man, um, he has a chance to be a, a terrific player. I think mostly because he just loves he loves to play, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see what he can bring to our team. He's got. Um, just a obviously great size and strength and athleticism, and uh, he he's got a big time motor. We're really excited about his potential. I, honestly, I've only I've only seen him uh, play once or twice during our camp, but I've heard plenty of reports from our guys that that he's a force to be reckoned with. So it's going to be fun to have him on the team. How did that happen? How did he uh, go from playing football to getting on the basketball team? Well, I think a number of things happened. I think the, probably the first thing that happened was um, he, he had a, a major growth spurt on his mission. Uh, it's funny to talk to, to Bronson because he, he was like, man, my brother came home and he was just, I uh, didn't even hardly recognize him. And, um, you know, he's trying to get back in shape and going through football workouts. And, uh, you know, I think he was coming and playing with our guys from time to time. And I think... Uh, you know, you have to ask Corbin, but I think that that over the course of a few months, he just he just really felt like his his heart was to play basketball. So uh, that's a, that's a blessing for us, I'll tell you, because I think he's going to be really good. Hey, Mark, we have a tweet coming in uh, in reference to you hoping that the students come back early. At RK Lanning says, leaving Provo late and coming back early for the Stanford and Gonzaga games. Can't miss my Cougars. There we go. Let's go. Let's go. I'll tell you what, we, we, we'll, we'll, get, we'll figure out some promotional deal where we can, we can uh, really hook up those students way down the line in front of the Marriott Center for those games because it's going to be fun. <laughs> Mark, you have 18 players on the roster, 17 eligible. Kyle Davis will redshirt this year. How do you plan on managing 17, especially after going from only 10 available guys last year? Well, you know, there's a fascinating structure in basketball. Um, the assistant coaches get paid very little. 
and the head coach gets paid a lot, and that's because that is he is the one. He is the one who will who will who will work these numbers. Listen, coach, <laughs> coach, coach Rose has has any number of unbelievable skills and talents in terms of coaching, and one of them is 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 managing players and putting them all in spots where they can be really successful. And so, you know, having 18 players on the roster is not easy, but if there's anybody in the country in college coaching right now that will handle it uh, to perfection, it's Coach Rose. I mean, that, that's one of his greatest strengths, uh, and, and he'll do that perfectly this year. Mark Pope, BYU assistant basketball coach and NCAA champion at Kentucky in 1996 on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, let's get the injury update. A lot of people are wondering about Kyle Collinsworth and his return from a torn ACL. What can you tell us about Kyle and uh, his road back on this recovery train? Kyle's doing great. Um, you know, you, you, with, with these kind of deals, you just never know. It's kind of you take it day by day. But so far, he's in he's in month five, and and uh, he's done. He's he's been incredibly diligent about his. Treatments and his his therapy and keeping his body really really fit. Uh, he's done an unbelievable job, and so we have every expectation that he's going to have an unbelievable season uh, this year. Uh, that he'll be back in full strength. Now, when that happens, we just don't know. You know, that's up to the doctors. Thankfully, they 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 have to make that hard decision about you know at what stage he can go three quarter speed and when he can go full speed and when he can play in live games, but. But so far up to this point, he's done everything that's been asked of him, and, he, and he's recovering well. Mark, a lot of people have questions, too, about a guy that wasn't on the roster, maybe they thought might be, which is Nick Emery, uh, off a mission from Germany, had surgery successfully, it sounds like, last night. What can you tell us about Nick Emery's status? So, you know, you're, you're right. Nick had surgery yesterday, and, and it was really successful. And, and so they'll monitor his recovery here for the next several weeks. Um, and kind of every option is open for him right now. Um, you know, it, 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 there is a probably a reasonable, uh, reasonably good chance that he'll need to have surgery on the other side. Um, but we'll kind of see how the recovery goes. And, and again, with with Nick, take everything day by day. Most important thing for him is that he's in really good spirits and that uh, you know he, he knows that he needed to come back and, and kind of have this medical care and then. As that goes on, you know he'll he'll you know figure out what what kind of lies in his future. So uh, you know the, the the most important thing is the surgery was really successful yesterday, and and we'll kind of watch you know with great anticipation as we see how he recovers. Is there any chance that Nick Emery plays basketball for BYU this season? Uh, well, I mean, any chance. Maybe. I mean, I'm a huge Dumb and Dumber fan, and, and you know, there's always a chance, right? But, uh, is, the hope, is the hope with the timing with him that, you know, if he, if he can go back out, that works, you know, into kind of the, the bigger plan since you already have five walk-ons? Yeah, you know, listen, the most important thing, of course, for Nick is that it is twofold. One is that he gets healthy. I mean, that's why he's back right now is to yeah. to make sure that his health is taken care of. And then, and then when you know that that could be somewhat of a lengthy process. And then at that point, he'll you know consult with the people closest to him and, and figure out what his next step is. And and he, like I said, he has every option on the table. And uh, he listen, he is a sweet. Uh, smart 
driven young man, and, and he'll he'll make the, the 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 decision that is right, and whatever that is. And so you know, we'll just kind of wait and see. And this this whole thing is just kind of you know he's going to kind of take it day by day and figure out how this is going to work. Yeah. BYU basketball assistant coach Mark Pope on BYU Sports Nation. Let's go back to the schedule now, Coach. Uh, you opened with Long Beach State on November 14th. Then the EA Sports Maui Invitational officially begins with a couple of home games against Arkansas, Little Rock, and Southern Virginia before you head to the actual islands for a rivalry showdown with San Diego State. What was your reaction when you found out that San Diego State was the team you were going to play when you hit the islands? Well, I, I, it was actually, I was really excited you know, I missed the uh, BYU-San Diego State rivalry, especially when it was at its most heated. But I've heard story after story. Uh, I've got to know uh, Coach Fisher uh, reasonably well and, and, and have a real appreciation for his program and what he's done there. And I know that him and Coach Rose have an unbelievably good relationship. Um, and so that's going to be fun. It's going to be a great challenge. There's two teams to play uh, drastically contrasting styles with, with very different personnel. And, uh, it's, you know, in the past, it's always proven to be an epic battle. It's going to be nice to do it uh, in the beautiful humidity of Hawaii. Can't wait. Is this uh, schedule tougher than last year's to you? Um, it's, it's, I don't know if it's tougher. You know, we were on the road so much last yeah. year in the non-conference. Uh, I'll give you an example. You know, that, that four-game stretch we have at home at the end of December, UMass, Stanford, Portland, Gonzaga, that's an unbelievably, unbelievably difficult four-game stretch. Um, but it's at home, which is great for us. Last year, we had the equivalent uh, four-game stretch that was on the road. Yeah. And so, so, so you know, that, that would be the one difference. I think it's the, the competition is probably equally as tough, if not better, uh, I think um, I think that, uh, for example, I think Utah's going to be terrific this year. I think Weber State's going to be really terrific again. Stanford is going to go from having a, 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 a very, very veteran team to having some key veterans returning and then an unbelievably talented freshman class coming in. So it's going to be – and UMass, of course, is, has got most of their guys back, in, in, including a couple guys that drove us absolutely nuts – uh, in Massachusetts, so so it's 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 going to be a really difficult schedule, but it's what it's what we want. I mean, we want to play great teams and, and put together a great schedule, so we're excited about the challenge. Well, certainly, Coach Rose has figured out something in terms of scheduling. If you want to get to the NCAA tournament, I talked a lot about that at length though, over the whole spring uh, term of of BYU basketball, and as you guys approached the NCAA tournament, do you not think that? He has it, has it all figured out in terms of how to get into the tournament because I, I feel like there's not a coach that does it better in the country given what he has to do with his roster and the fact that he's at a unique place like BYU. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, he, he has got this thing figured out. It's, 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 it's interesting because, you know, Coach Rose and Coach Lacombe are the masterminds behind our schedule every year. And so I, I won't lie to you, about uh, sometime early in January – there was one moment where we were sitting in the locker room and we were all looking at Coach Columbia like, nice work, buddy. This is bad. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think we were 8-7 and seven at the time. But, but as always, Coach Rose, Coach Lacombe know better than the rest of us because um, the, the, the schedule was a, was a major reason why we, why we 
we're a 10 seed in the NCAA tournament last year. Yeah, well, it's certainly fun to have challenging games on the schedule and some great ones at home, so I can't wait for this. We appreciate the time, Mark. Best of luck with everything in the offseason. All right, guys, thanks. What is the biggest game for BYU sports this December? We already mentioned at Ryan Luce Cooper. He said Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, nice. December 31st. Nice. At Matthew W. Evans, men's basketball against Utah without a football game against the Utes. A lot of bragging rights ride on this game. There's something to that. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It's the one chance you have to best the fighting Pac-12s. I think that Eric Mika is going to come back from his mission just to play in that game. <laughs> he wants to. <laughs> Up next on BYU Sports Nation, big deal, no deal. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, sponsored in part by National Processing, credit card processing for your business needs. Spencer, next Monday, BYU Women's Soccer debuts on BYU Television and BYU Radio. August 25th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the Cougars of Washington State in town. BYU will be 1-0 after a win at Fullerton. What? Are you prognosticating yes. a season opener? Bring it win? on, baby. They start the season ranked number 22 in the country. They're picked to win the West Coast Conference, but somehow they're ranked below Portland and Santa Clara in those rankings. So Who cares right now? Yeah, yeah. At least they're ranked. Sweet. Women's soccer. Win games. They win, man. Yeah, they really do. Men's volleyball and women's soccer have this. Softball wins conference title every year. (laughs) It doesn't matter what conference they're playing in. Winning's (laughs) awesome. What is the biggest game for BYU sports this December? Is it going to come from men's basketball? Is it the football bowl game whenever and wherever that may be? I don't know. that's, That's the topic at hand today. What do you think, BYU Sports Nation? Send in your tweets using the hashtag BYUSN. Take your pick with basketball, by the way. Mark Pope yeah. just joined us, and he's Great like, stuff. well, I mean, Stanford, UMass, Gonzaga. And then he, he brought up a good point about the Portland, the Portland game. I think Mark believes that Portland is the team that uh, may surprise some, some clubs in the West Coast Conference this year. I can't wait to dive into hoops. I love, what is it, October, when we really are in the middle of football Everything. still. And we have hoops. It's fantastic. Soccer and volleyball are approaching the NCAA tournaments. Oh, awesome. The, big, the, the awesome thing with the schedule, there are meaningful home games. Four in a row in December. Yeah, fantastic. Utah at home, Sanford, UMass, Gonzaga. Awesome. You, you know what we should do right now? Play. Big deal. No deal. National processing sponsorship of Big Deal, No Deal is a big deal. Credit card processing for your business needs. My pronunciation has improved drastically oh, on this, hasn't it? Phil Steele. <laughs> Number Phil one. Steele. Big deal, no deal. BYU basketball releases its roster with 17 eligible players on it. I'm going to say no deal because <gasps> Dave Rose can handle a situation like this unlike any other college coach in the country. Mark Pope just told us that Dave Rose gets paid big bucks and he understands how unique this job is. So if it were any other place and any other coach, yeah, I would say it's a big deal and I would be worried, but Dave Rose is going to figure out how to use his tools, where to use them, when to use them, and that's why they're paying him to do that. So I say no deal, BYU basketball in good shape, even in a tough situation like this. Big deal. I have great concern, though, because there are certain guys that aren't going to be happy. You can't have 17 guys play. Like, what's the number that you want to play at? I don't know, 8, 9, 10, something like that. That means there's seven dudes that are not happy. Like, the least of these guys is Jordan Ellis, who was on the practice squad. But now he's listed. He's rostered. What does that mean? 
You have new faces. Eight guys have never played a single second for BYU basketball yet. I just have concern that there's maybe too many guys. That's a, that's a good problem in a way. But that's, a, that's hard to manage, and that's the challenge for Dave Rose this year, according to Mark Pope, who, who like a good assistant coach, passed that one to the head coach. <laughs> he <laughs> number, did not answer. Number two. Big deal, no deal. BYU hoops bookends conference play with games against Gonzaga. Okay. My initial reaction to this is big deal. And I'm going to stay with that because Gonzaga, that's the biggest conference game of the year. And it happens December 27th. You want that game to be a sellout, to be crazy. And there will be a good crowd that shows up. But oh, it'll you, be a great crowd, yeah. But do you lose a little bit because it's not when the students are in school? The student section is so influential in the way that Marriott Center rocks. Yeah, big deal. I don't like it at all. BYU is the biggest, and by a lot, uh, school in the WCC. Why wouldn't you make that a marquee game when the students are back? Why not? I don't know why. I like the idea of starting and ending with Gonzaga, but since you start so early, uh, BYU used to in the Mountain West start in you January. Used to be in schools then, yeah. Right. But that's not the case now. So Mark Pope's right. We need to lobby for school to start earlier in December. No, that's not the answer. You're right. And all the students are like, what? No! And BYU will still have a big crowd. You just don't. I mean, there's going to be a ton of students gone. Number three. Big deal, no deal. Zero non-P5 schools in the AP Top 25. N-O capital no deal. <laughs> Preseason rankings do not matter, people. Okay, let's talk about Florida. They were ranked number 10 to Florida. begin last year. Did Florida finish with a winning record, Jerem? No, they had two no. guys blocking no, no, each other blocking at the same either. point. Worst of the worst for a long time. Okay. <laughs> that team was ranked number 10 by the experts to begin last season. We don't know. We won't know how teams really are until about four or five games into the season. And so after four weeks, there could be seven teams that are non-P5s ranked in the top 25. We don't know, so I put no merit on that. It doesn't matter. No deal. I say big deal. I think it's a small reflection Stop. of the person. No. Okay. okay, keep going. Oh, I think it's a small uh, reflection of the perceive the perception of non-P5s. No respect at the beginning. I realize this. But guess what? When the college football playoff, the ultimate ranking, when they release those four, that's the only ranking that matters. Even the one that they produced before that does not matter, is uh, not going to include P5s in it. They don't get the respect uh, that, I don't know, maybe they deserve. We'll see. Will another P5 even go undefeated at some point? Marshall shouldn't get in. I agree with that. But what if Utah State or Boise State or BYU or someone like that, Cincinnati, does? I think that that's a small reflection of how they're perceived. This autonomy thing, it's in a negative direction, BYU's way. How many non-P5 schools will be ranked at the end of the season? That maybe two is where it three. really matters. That's where it's the big deal. Number four. Last one, big deal, no deal. Current LDS missionary Paige Hunt, named to the WCC Soccer All-Conference preseason team. <laughs> how did this happen? How? She's on a mission, and still she's so awesome that she's named to the West Coast Conference first team. She's probably all district and all zone in Indianapolis. By the way, her mission president, Steve Cleveland. I wonder if he knows that. I wonder if President Cleveland knows that one of his missionaries was named first team we'll All-West Coast Conference while she's in the mission field. Clearly, she's being blessed. It's a big deal, no deal. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big deal because it's hilarious. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a big deal. That's so <laughs> funny. And she's the first, to me, that I know of, the first major BYU female athlete to go on a mission. 
in the middle of her career. I hadn't heard of anyone else kind of doing it. I think there are others, others in They're, the mix, that right? Are going to, that are going to do it, Jeff yes. Chapman's daughter uh, signed to play for BYU women's basketball. I think she went mission first. Congratulations, Paige Hunt, for opening new horizons for the West Coast Conference. Uh, it's Sister Hunt, Spencer. <laughs> Some, sister my bad. Hunt. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, how was Cody Hoffman faring in the NFL? Uh, Things not looking great, according to one Redskins beat reporter. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. BYU released its full basketball schedule and roster Monday. The Cougars host Gonzaga to start and end regular season play in the West Coast Conference. BYU also has 18 players on its roster, 17 eligible to play this year. Is that a lot? Football. Cody Hoppin played for the Washington Redskins last night. He did not have a catch. Rich Tandler of Comcast Sports Network tweeted that Hoffman, quote, hasn't done anything to warrant a roster spot or a practice squad spot. Uh-oh. Women's basketball. The ladies are in Spain and beat a co-ed team named Balacesto Torreladones yesterday. 94-93, led by Lex Eaton's 15 points. Morgan Bailey had 14 points, 11 boards. Cougars play three other exhibitions between now and next Monday. More Cougar Camp All Access on the way this week. We're headed to practice right after this show, as a matter of fact. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. And this is obvious. Paige Hunt. Sister Hunt. Sister Hunt. Named all West Coast Conference first team. She's on an LDS mission in Indianapolis, serving under former BYU head basketball coach, now mission president, Steve (laughs) Cleveland. That's awesome. How how do you how do you overlook that? I don't know. Whatever. Because you don't like list what girls are going on missions but it's after awesome. this season. It's awesome. First teamer. <laughs> Sister Hunt. Well done. Twitter question today. What is the biggest game for BYU sports this December? At Daddio underscore seven. Practice leading up to the college football playoffs. Oh, Put the yeah. goggles back on, baby. Let's Woo! finish with the goggles Woo! on. <laughs> I am TJH. Biggest game will be the return of Kofusi versus Gonzaga. That will be fun. I love that we one. We did read that yeah, one. I love it. Hey, thanks to Mark Pope, Michael Elise, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, peop- people. People. BYU Sports Nation. The Who's show on kid? demand on BYUSportsNation.com. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Download the podcast or else. Shout out to Jackie Jordan. BYU Sports Nation back to work in Radio Vision at noon Eastern tomorrow. QB in the late 50s.